Recently, there was a young woman, and she was talking with her aunt, and she was struggling with the idea of the existence of God, and couldn't really wrap her mind around that. She was born and raised a Catholic, but seemed to fall away. And her grandma sent her to this conference where that was exactly what they were talking about, the existence of God. And one of the speakers at that particular conference talked about how big the universe is, and we believe our God created all that. It had to come from somewhere. And as, they were at this, as she was at this conference, one thing really stood out to her because they talked about how many stars there are in the universe. And in the book of Genesis, it says the Lord created the, he- the heavens, the stars, right? Almost like as an afterthought, the sun, the moon, the stars, and it's like, what does that mean? And the way the presenter said it, he said, imagine if every single star were a grain of sand, and, how, and then say that all that sand would be a sandcastle. How big would that sandcastle be as far as our knowledge of how many stars there are? And to scientists and astrologers' knowledge to this day, that sandcastle would be 35 miles by 35 miles by 35 miles. And she's thinking, I can't even see 35 miles. I can't, that's, that's, that's so much bigger than I thought God was. Because our, our world has made, it, made God so small. And when they, they went through that, and that God who created the heavens and the earth, and all of a sudden he created the animals and gave, and gave Adam the ability to name them, but looking for a suitable partner, he created Eve out of the rib. But when, when the Lord created Adam and Eve, and he looked at Adam and Eve as he looks at you and me, he said, very good. And this woman, she did not believe that she was even good. And now God is telling her that she's very good. But the Lord told Adam, you know, you can eat from any tree you want except for that one. And when Eve began to grab for that first fr- that fruit in that tree, she began to, to dialogue with the dragon, to dialogue with the evil one. And lies began to crept into our world that were never there before. The first one is, God is not good. That's when people began to believe that God is not good. Also, You are not good, and God doesn't want you to be happy. And this woman, as she as she began to 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 pray with all this, it just she realized she was struggling with a lot of lies interiorly. And as she went forward out of that conference, she you know she heard about how Christ actually that God who created all those stars, God became one of us and took on our flesh through Mary's yes. So he took flesh from a woman. And was in her womb. And it just it like blew her mind. And she's just at this, this place of total amazement. And as she's on her plane ride home, she ends up sitting next to an atheist. And as she's on the plane ride home, she picked up that devotion of praying the Holy Rosary, of meditating upon the scriptures, meditating upon the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And the gentleman who's sitting next to her says, Hey, I see you're praying the rosary. You must be a believer in God. When I go on plane rides, I like to debate the existence of God. Would you like to do that? And she said, sure, I just want to get, us off, I want to get off the ground, so I'm going to pray my rosary, and once the plane gets off, I would love to talk to you. So once the plane gets off the ground, they began talking, and, he, and she said, okay, I'm ready to talk. And he said, um, would you like to debate the existence of God? And she said, sure, but let me ask you a couple questions. Do you ever, know, ever notice how animals poop? And he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, like, you know, like rabbits and like, and, and deer, when they poop, it's like little pellets. Like, what? And, 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 do you know why that is? He's like, I don't have a clue. 
Have you ever noticed like when, when, when cows poop, it's kind of like a disc sometimes that goes out in a flat pattern? Like, why is that? And he's like, I don't have a clue. And she's like, well, you ever notice like, you know, like you have like a llama or like a large elephant? Like, it's just like a giant amount of poop. Like, do you know why that is? And he's like, I don't have a clue. And she just said to him, well, why would you want to debate the existence of God when you clearly don't know crap? <laughs> so use that for anybody. If you're struggling with the existence of God, I'm not like poo-pooing on you, but um, Brady and Madison believe in God, a God who is love, a God who, who is good, who said he wants them to be happy. That's why they're here. And as they come together today, they're saying, we need help. A Christian marriage is not a marriage of saying, hey, we got it all figured out, we're perfect. It's saying we need God's assistance. It's God who is good. It's God who created all those stars, who's so much more powerful, and he wants them to be happy. And as they come together today, they also know they need your help. So as Madison Brady invite you here, it's not a mistake that you're here. They invited you here because they want you to be a part of their marriage. And the difference between a Christian marriage and just a government marriage going up by the beach is they're going to be entering into a covenant with God. And the difference between a covenant and a contract, a contract is just an exchange of goods. But a covenant is an exchange of persons. Where God in Jesus gives up his life for them on the cross so they can enter into this wedding, into this marriage, marital bond that God wants them to be, to be so tight, so tight, that they'll have to become one flesh in the marital embrace. And they need to know what love is, and our world is very, very confused on that. So as, we, as they, they chose the readings, I didn't choose these readings, so as, as Madison and Brady chose these readings, they picked one of the most difficult gospels that exists. The first words of our gospel today, from this God who is love, he says, this is my commandment. So if you love God, if you're in relationship, again, and that's the whole purpose of the Christian, the Christian religion is, is relationship. And we keep the commandments to remain in that relationship. He says, this is my commandment. So if you, if you are a Christian, this is the one thing you have to do. Love one another. You ever realize how hard that is? I know you've ever been with somebody who's easy to love, like that's like easy, but you've been with somebody who like really grips your heart and is like stretching you so much before you realize the next words out of the gospel are, Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. So Madison and Brady, as we've, as we've, as we've met, we've talked about if they were the only person on earth, Jesus would have done that for them. Like that love is so incredible that God became so small and took on our sins because he loves us and he wants relationship with us. That's what their marriage is going to be about. It, the marriage is the cross. It's, it's a sacrificial love. It's a love where you give up your love for one another. You say, this is my body given up for you. And the spouse says, this is my body given up for you. Which is what happens at every single mass where Jesus gives up his body and blood for us. And to prove his point, Jesus says, this is the greatest love. This is the highest love. The sacrificial love is the highest love there is. He says, no one has greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And he says, you are my, fr my friends if you do what I command you. So when we call ourselves followers of Jesus, as, as Madison Brady call themselves followers of Jesus, this is what we are all here to hold them accountable to. 
to lay their life down for one another. And none of us can do this alone. We live in a world that says, I got this. I'm doing all right. I can do it on my own. And the Christian says, I can't do it on my own. I need community. I need fellowship. I need friends. I need people to hold me accountable. That's why you have a bridesmaid. That's why you have a groomsman. That's why you have a best man to say, I'm going to need your help the rest of my life. So this is a lifelong commitment. And to know what love is, they chose 1 Corinthians 13, which is read often at weddings when we say, how do I love someone? Or how do I know if I'm loving someone? The first words are some of the one thing that is one of the things that most of us struggle with. As a priest, I hear confessions. It's one of my favorite things to do is hear confessions and absolve people of their sins. But often people say the words, Father, I've been so impatient. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, first words, love, and our God is love. Love is patient. It means loving, love is willing to suffer. Love is willing to take deep breaths. Love is willing to forgive. And also, it says love is kind. Now, we live in the Midwest, right? So we heard about, maybe you heard about Midwest nice, right? Or they say Minnesota nice, but we just kind of steal it because we're Wisconsin, right? But we say, we say Minnesota nice or Midwest nice. And nice is cute, right? But the cross is not cute. Nice says, I know you have an issue. I know I should probably talk to you about it. But I'm just going to go around that elephant in the room and not talk to you about it. Kindness says, because I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Because the, the reading says... They re- it's, you're called to rejoice in the truth. And our world's not too hot on the truth right now. We say, I love people, but I don't tell them the truth. And that love and truth go hand in hand. Love and truth go hand in hand. And as Brady and Madison, and we, we've worked on you know, preparing for marriage, not necessarily the wedding so much, because this is important, we, we, we worked on praying a lot. And one thing we looked, worked on was just listening to one another and working on just listening for how is the other person feeling. And as we practice this, this is the, the thing I want you to remember. I wrote it in your card, so if you don't remember this, it's in your card. It's just three things for, your, for today. Just remember this for your, for your marriage. Stop, pray, and start over. Got that? Simple enough, right? Cool. Stop. So often... You and I are, we're just going so fast, we're not being patient, right? We said love is patient. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. That means you have to die to self. And there are going to be days when, when you, you both, it's, it's, you just had it up to here. You just had it up to here. And the, the thing that the devil wants to do is rush us. He wants to rush us. So if you're ever wondering, is this God or is it not God? The, the Lord will never rush, rush you. So stop. So often, it's just important to even tell, as, as a spouse, to tell and I, can we just stop for a moment? Or could you please stop? I just need to vent or whatever I need to do. And then to pray. Often, as, as Brady and, and Madison and I, we, we work together, we just had to either share a moment of, of discouragement, which we all have those, but also maybe a moment of grace. And just to have one person be the listener, that's the one thing to do. And then the other person was just to take time and just to acknowledge what they're saying and, and really listening for their feelings. What are they feeling and then state the why. So as Madison and Brady, we've, we've worked together. It was really beautiful to watch them just listen to one another and, and just to see them fall in love in those moments. Just take time and to say, you are feeling discouraged because after the person spoke for however long they needed to. And then the next step is, is, to, is to pray, right? We stopped 
and to pray. It's the one thing that separates a Christian marriage from a secular marriage. Is, is, it's so important just to ask for God's blessing for that person. And if it's, a, if it's an encouraging time, it's a good time, we say, Lord, we just ask you to keep blessing this moment. And in those moments, you start over. You begin again. And that's the one thing the Lord wants you to do is, is to not quit. And the last thing I want to give you an image of is an image a brother priest gave me. I don't know if you've ever been down to Holy Hill at all. So maybe you can take a trip there and go up the spiral staircase they have there. But Holy Hill is a beautiful place dedicated to Our Lady of Perpetual Help, which is a title for the Blessed Virgin Mary. And when you go there, they have this staircase and it gets, it gets pretty high. And that's for a lot of us. That's our lives. It's, it's a winding staircase. And we're often we're carrying or holding on to things. Sometimes it's past resentment. Sometimes it's, it's just the heaviness of the day or, or whatever is going on in our lives. And the higher you go up, there's an encouragement just to let go. Often we can't keep going, we can't keep up the stairs because it gets, it gets, it's heavy. We either hold on to grudges, we hold on to resentments, or we hold on to old ways, and the Lord is inviting you into new life through the sacrament of marriage. And the one thing is, is to let go of, is, is to let go of the past, let go of fears, let go of failures, and just to hold on to one another's hands and take one step at a time as you go up those stairs. And the reason why most marriages fail is because they don't do that. They quit. They don't start over. And the thing is, when you get to the top of that staircase, the view is so beautiful. You can see so far. And that's what the Lord wants to show you, his plan for your marriage. I don't know what his plan for your marriage is. We pray to God that it involves children. We pray in God that it involves, you know, coming to Mass on Sunday. We pray to God that it involves you both being so happy that you can share that joy with others. As you come down this aisle today, as you're, as you're sitting here before everyone here, just remember that love is patient. And just take that moment just to stop more often than you think you should and to pray and to start over. And the invitation is to keep your hands together and just to pray, like, what are we holding on to, Lord? What do we need to let go of so we don't quit? And then everyone here, your encouragement, your job, your plan now is to keep checking in on Madison and Brady and to keep praying for them because we live in a world that doesn't really hold up marriage as something important anymore, wants to keep redefining marriage, wants to keep changing it. But really, what Madison and Brady are doing is they're saying, we're willing to take up the cross. We're willing to sacrificially love one another and lay down our lives. And are they going to be perfect at it? No. But they are going to be a couple that they are encouraged to start over and to not quit. And in order to do that, they have to be free. They have to come here freely. So in just a moment, Brady and Madison are come forward and express their consent before everyone here that they come here freely. No one's forcing them. And the reason why that's so important is because our God, too, wants to freely enter into relationship with us. He never wants any of us to feel forced to do anything. It's always an invitation. And that's why as, as Madison and Brady come here today, they come here freely. And they'll state that with a singular before they become one flesh in this sacrament of marriage. So praise God for you both coming here. Praise God that you are believers. Praise God that you believe in this God who created that amazing sandcastle of stars and we just can't comprehend how big he is and he's going to become a part of your life in a new way today. And if he is your rock, you will be able to do that. And that's why we come into this church. We come into a place that glorifies him and says that we need him. 
Not because we're strong, but because we're weak. And because he laid his life down for us, ergo, we lay our lives down for one, our lives down for one another. So you ready? All right. If you both could please stand with the wedding party and come forward.